you know, it's easy for education to become all-consuming and take up every spare moment that we have in our life. Set some boundaries so that you have some healthy time and healthy space. Tell the parents when to expect correspondence. They will get a response within 24 hours, but it will only be during the school day. Our topic today is, are you okay? Building resilience and making time to care for yourself. Tech Talk for Teachers is brought to you by avid.org. Avid believes teaching is an art. Avid energizes and refreshes teachers by providing effective approaches to engage students. You can learn more about Avid on their website at avid.org. Welcome to Tech Talk for Teachers, the podcast where teachers discuss how technology and teaching best practices can positively transform education to create equitable classrooms for future-ready learners. I'm Rena Clark. I'm Paul Beckerman. And I'm Winston Benjamin. We are educators. And we're here to share actionable teaching strategies you can implement into your classroom. Our quote for today comes from maybe one of my favorite fictional characters, Obi-Wan Kenobi. You will find that many of the truths we cling to depend greatly on our own point of view. How do you resonate with my friend Obi-Wan Kenobi's quote, Winston? First of all, I I am a head. I am a Star Wars head. So uh, this definitely makes sense to me. I think one of the things that's important in this is that I think about my when I was 15, things that I truly believed in. I, you could never ever have me change my perspective, right? Things that matter to me. I think as I've grown and experienced new things and seen the world and got outside of the Bronx, things that I thought were essential to my character, I've realized are not as essential. So the more I move from where I started, the more I learned that that point of view was just a, a smaller piece of the world. So this really resonates to me and just in this idea of like growing up and what that means to like the way you see the world and the way you interact with people. So I think that was a great quote to start off. <laughs> uh, the force is strong with you, Winston. Yeah. <laughs> I, I watched a lot of it. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's great. And I was channeling my former English teacher a little bit and I was hanging on the point of view thing since it's such a literary piece. But point of view determines perspective and interpretation of our world. I mean, that's how we see things, right? It's like, which window are you looking through? But is it accurate? Because mm -hmm. perception is reality. So if we see it wrong, our reality is wrong, but it's real to us, right? I mean, that that's our reality. So I always think, you know, is what we're seeing complete? Is that reality complete? And I think as teachers, we're really hard on ourselves sometimes. I mean, I can vividly remember as a first year teacher going home and saying, Pam, I must stink. Today was, I don't know if I really did much for my kids today. I felt terrible. It's like, should I really be a teacher? Um, because that was the perspective I had for that day. And I think we need to point out the good things that each of us does. You know, when we see our colleagues doing something that just rocks it, we need to tell them that. So that becomes part of their reality. That becomes part of the point of view of themselves. Because I, I do think we are too hard on ourselves and, and we need each other to celebrate those strengths. And I think I've talked about it before. It was called out in another episode called the lollipop moment. But we talked about how to really make it a lollipop moment, we actually need to say this was good or this was great. And this is how, why, or for me, 
this mattered and this supported or affected students because it's that it's not called out. They don't notice it. I don't notice it. So just making it kind of a priority to call it out, whether it's a sticky note, a quick email. I mean, email the other day made my day because I've been dealing with these science readers. I mean, I felt like they don't matter. I'm just in my head up. But I got an email saying, hey, my kids are actually engaging in science. They're loving it. This is great. And that that actually made it worth it for me. Like, oh, that mattered. It was important, even though my perspective was this is horrible to deal with all these pieces of paper. (laughs) I think it's also important what you're mentioning is like recognizing that the struggle matters. Like that matters to like deal with stuff because my friend of mine used to tell me this this um phrase his mom used to tell me this phrase no rain no rainbow right you go through the rain and you're in it and you're like oh this is horrible but without the rain you don't get any beauty of a rainbow so sometimes you just got to walk through it and get out of it get to the end of it in order to see the value in it so like to your point rena i like that you you got something at the end to justify the hard work you put in in the beginning It's like the Disney movie Inside Out. You have to have sadness in order to have joy. So that's going to kind of transition us in. So some of you, are you okay? You might be experiencing some of that sadness or hopefully you're experiencing joy. But just really thinking about the fact that this 2021-2022 school year, um, it's on its way. You're engaging in it. I would say many educators around the country have returned to a brick-and-mortar classroom. But things are not the same as they used to be. So change is happening, and it's happening at a lightning pace. There seem to be more demands than ever before on educators, more things that they're juggling, more plates that they have in the air. So we're here today just to check in and encourage you to stop and ask yourself, am I okay? What do I need? Um, So for many of the educators I'm working with right now or mentoring, it's sadly some of them are like, No, the answer is just no. Um, So I want to chat here with these amazing people, Winston and Paul, just about ways educators can continue to build what we call resilience while also creating opportunities for self-care because that is going to be very, very important, especially this year. So we're going to start by beginning our conversation around resilience. And I just love Elena Aguilar's definition of resilience and she points out that resilience is how we weather the storms in our lives and rebound after something difficult and it was actually interesting today because in my email as i knew we were going to have this conversation i get like a daily email from elena aguilar you can sign up for i think it's called bright morning but the post it was funny that's exactly what the post was today it was talking about building resilience and thinking of it as a savings account So when times get tough, you can draw from it. But to do that, you need to have solid savings. So how can we build up that savings account? So we're going to kind of start there. So I'm going to throw it to Winston. What are some ways that maybe you personally or have encouraged others to build resilience as an educator? What are maybe some of those strategies you might suggest? Oh, that's a hard one because I still struggle with it myself. I think one of the things that I've been telling my teachers right now, and it's kind of, I think of it as being the um, flight attendant in a school, right? Put your mask on before everyone else, right? If you're on a flight, like sometimes you have to pay attention to yourself 
center yourself before you could help the ch- help anyone else. So I think for me, the most important strategy that I've ever gotten was take care of me and be okay with ter- taking care of me first. Because in our profession, in the way we talk about ourselves as educators, it's putting someone else before us. So I think it's okay to prioritize ourselves. That is one of the ways that I think that um, I've built resiliency. And I also have like a block of people that I turn off with. I completely turn off. I don't think about education. I don't talk about students. I don't talk about my building. So uh, Saturday, Sundays are mine until I'm ready to go back. So I think turning off completely is important. So as someone that's married to an educator, and obviously Paul's married to an educator, I'm going to tell you, if you're going to go that route, it becomes really difficult. (laughs) Yeah, all of my friends are educators. (laughs) If I turn off all those conversations, my marriage is gone. (laughs) Where's my wife? I'm sure sure y'all can have other conversations in your marriages than education. I'm just going. But I I actually think that's why it's so important to be even more intentional about what Mm -hmm. you're talking about. Like, it's okay. Like, turn it off or make it like, we're not going to talk about, we call it, we just say school for right now. And that's why I I actually force myself to sign up for open mic nights on Saturday night because it forces me. Yeah. It forces me to work up new material to totally get into my music, forget about all the other stuff because I have like this set thing that I have to prepare for. That's not school. And that that's really healthy for me. I think. Mm -hmm. I, what I was thinking about Rena, when you were asking the question, I was thinking of another Elena Aguilar piece because um, we're doing a book study on, on her in our district as well. She talks about telling empowering stories And it kind of goes back to what I mentioned about the quote, too. But we need to reflect on those times where we have successfully come through the fire. You know, when have we actually succeeded and persevered over the things that were difficult? Because that gives us resilience to do it again. We knew we did it once before. We can do it again. And I think we have to consciously tell those stories. And what's really cool is if we, you know, you talked about complimenting people, but if we can compliment somebody to a third party in front of the person who's being complimented. It's like this third, third conversation that actually carries more weight because now it seems more sincere. I'm telling somebody else it means so much and we can empower people through those stories, through those experiences of success. And if we go out of our way to do that, I think that can be a really powerful thing. Mm-hmm. It's funny, I w- in that article today, it was just so on spot, on point. Um, and it was talking about how our brain is like Velcro for negative experiences, but Teflon for positive ones. <laughs> I love that. I think that, I forget that quote was from, I think, Rick Hansen. But we we need to like change that narrative to build resilience. And we I think we've all said like that becomes difficult for us. But when you experience those positive moments, or I think I've mentioned this before, even in my email, I have a folder that I've created that says, this is why, and I'll drag emails into that. And then if I am having a particularly hard or sad or bad day, week, I can open that up and remind myself like, hey, here are these positive moments. That's what I really want to focus on. This is this is why I do what I do. So it's really helpful to have that Another thing that we started doing with my kids is just this idea of a gratitude journal. And it literally takes three to five minutes a day. So it's just writing real quickly things I'm thankful for, things I give gratitude to today. And then it forces that positive narrative to happen 
Um, and you can do that with students as well. Like what some, something or even someone that you give gratitude to today. Totally. But there's also the people like me sometimes who are, I'm overly bombarded with positivity. I do it myself. Like I'm always in people with good vibes, but I think sometimes you just need that like vent session to just let it off your chest and not have to worry about censoring yourself or providing a positive spin. Like today was just hard. And then being able to have somebody recognize and fall into that space with you and say it was hard, right? Sometimes we just need that. We just need that acceptance for our realities. So like for me, I think it's doing both, right? Finding the times when you need to give yourself those positive vibes, but also those times to say like, yo, I'm in the rain right now and it's really cold. <laughs> and you need someone that you can, can reach out to that's not like going to be without judgment or you know retaliation but some of that just can listen and not try to solve it <laughs> what is the it's a youtube video called it's not about the nail i don't know if you ever haven't watched that it's quite interesting where she has a nail literally in her head and the husband's trying to solve it and she's like it's not about the nail i just want to tell you about how i'm feeling so um <laughs> if you haven't watched that it's interesting but find your person or people so make sure you have a supportive group there is a benefit to being married to an educator in that sense. <laughs> Although we have to be careful that we only don't just dump the bad stuff. <laughs> we have to be positive and balance that too. It's also nice though, because they can just say eh, it was hard and they don't even have to explain why you're like, yeah, gotcha. I know. Like, I know we've been talking about like the mental space of like resilience, but there's also the physical body space of resilience that we want you to like want our uh, listeners to also be aware of. Like sometimes it does take a second for me to run it on and play basketball and bang in the paint and get that physical energy out. That's also important. So I want us to not only just say in the head space, but also the physical and heart space as well. So I think that's a perfect segue because we, we've kind of focused more on the resilient side, but I want to kind of switch over to the, the self-care and what are some ways that teachers especially can prioritize or engage in self-care? So you mentioned kind of that physical aspect, find some kind of physical release or something to keep healthy, but any other ideas? Set boundaries, right? You know, it's easy for education to be call, become all-consuming and take up every spare moment that we have in our life. You know, as an English teacher, I think I've lost a decade of Saturdays to grading student papers. You know, part of me, I knew I was getting into that in, in the field of English because it's just going to take some of that. But also I needed to learn to set a few boundaries and um, say, you know what, I'm going to pound out three a day during my prep period and I'm going to try to get some of these done um, there so I don't have to take it home or I'm going to do student conferences in class so I have a better understanding of the writing plus the kids will get better feedback from me. And then when I go home to grade it, I already kind of know what it's going to be already. So most of the work is done. Catlin Tucker talks a lot about that with student conferencing and how you can save yourself, set some boundaries so that you have some healthy time and healthy space. I know when we were doing distance learning, we told our teachers, tell the parents and families when to expect correspondence, tell them that they will get a response within 24 hours, but it will only be during the school day just so there's some boundaries and, and um, there's some reasonable space where you can be yourself. Yeah. I was recently supporting someone I who just the, the hours are getting away from them. And it, 
we talked about having what are called hard stop times. Like it's okay, especially it's easier if upfront you say, I have a hard stop at six. And no matter what, you need to honor that um, hard stop at six or use it, use a timer. I, even with some newer teachers that are struggling even to fit like math lessons in, a, like put a timer up and, you know, you got to stick with it. And eventually that will be helpful as well. But the same can be true as some of those other times. I agree. Like setting boundaries and then giving yourself a hard stop is really good. Something else that I think is important is like find your outlet that's not related. Like I, I have records for days. Like I literally will find a song. One of my favorite things to do is find a sample and find the original. So it takes me days to like literally go through and find the music. So that's one way of like just completely shutting down my school thinking brain to build that that energy. So I, I that also goes with setting boundaries. You need to have those times where you're saying this is mine or not. Um, additionally, I think for me, it's like I'm grounded in my community. Like I am like I call my family and like I call my friends. We talk about every and anything. So I think sometimes finding the times to laugh and have joy are also really important for me and like how I keep prioritizing self-care because my friends are like, yo, bro, you don't sound good, right? You just don't sound like you do normally, like what's going on. So having really good people around you to tell you that I think is also like an important factor. So I got to ask you, are you, are you spinning vinyl when you're playing (laughs) this? Nope. Depending on it. So if I'm really in the, in the dumps, I pull out my 45s. If I'm okay, I do my like regular vinyl. But if I'm just having a fun day, I'll go to Serato and just like pull up anything that I can from any genre. So like that's how I determine like my personal energy. I love <laughs> it. It reminds me of um have you heard of being in the flow? They talk about being in the flow where everything else just goes away and you find yourself in the flow. Time slips away. Pretty soon you look up and it's three hours later. I mean, mm-hmm. when that happens, you know you found your thing, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think of um, in Onward, actually, she talks about the habits and dispositions of emotionally resilient educators. And the ones that stand out to me, I think, are the ones that take me into the flow, kind of. It's like play and create, she says. Oh, that that's totally it for me. Mm-hmm. Celebrate and appreciate. When that happens, you're in that moment. Build community. When you feel part of a community... It's so liberating. It's just interesting. And I know, was it new teacher this year, new teacher orientation. And we have some teachers that are teaching completely remote, isolated, but we have teachers that have just moved into where we are in the city that have never lived here. But because of the specific times, like they're not going out and joining a rec basketball league necessarily now because they're not even available. So there needs to be some other ways for them to connect. For me, and I'm going to speak, you know, for parents out there or people that are dealing, maybe taking care of their parents or whatever it is. It's like I have work, but then I also feel like I have a huge commitment to my own children, my husband, and there's very little time left between and there's some exhaustion. So I have a couple. I need to just get away. Like it's the opposite. I'm around people 24 seven and <laughs> compared to you once and like I want to be alone i just want so going on a walk and also that physical exercise but a walk and if it's sunny that's a bonus but taking some time to meditate and be alone for me can change my disposition and sleep i know i don't know if we've talked about it but sleep 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 um i uh 
I've definitely played the not sleeping enough game. Um, and I've even, cause I tend to have some anxiety. I'm a little jealous of people that can slide down and go to sleep. And I have an app that I, for lists. So now when I have all these things going through my mind, I literally get on there, type it all out. Like I feel like I got it down and now my brain can rest a little and I can go to sleep. I've done sleep meditation. Um, I have sleep eye mask because I'm super sensitive to light. So sleeping is hard for me, but yet I'm exhausted. So sleep is huge. And the other thing is read a book for pleasure. (laughs) I get made fun of because I have like five different books I'm reading at all times. And I I really like audio books. So I listen to like two different ones, but a book for pleasure, kind of like you're saying, has nothing to do with education or work. Oh, it's, it's even if it's five minute increments and it can take me to another another world. Um, I feel kind of rejuvenated after that. So any last quick tips? And then we're going to move into our toolkit, which is more includes more tips. <laughs> I will say one, one more thing, because Pam and I do this, my wife Pam and I do this every year. We schedule self-care time in the fall because we know that August and September are brutal in our position. I mean, they're the busiest two months of the year. You're just nose to the grindstone. So we have something called MEA. It's the Minnesota Educational Association Week. So we always get a couple days off in the fall. So we have an extended vacation, extended weekend. We always go somewhere to see the fall colors every year. So this year we're going to the Ozarks. Never been there. But we schedule it. So this is our away time. Thank you so much for Paul for jumping us into our segment, the toolkit. Check it out. Check it out. Check it out. What's in the toolkit? What's what is in the toolkit? What's in the toolkit? Check it out. What's in your toolkit? It's time to ask a question. What's in your toolkit? For our toolkit today, what is the one tool that you really that really helps you with resilience or self-care? Um, what's that tool or thing that really helps y'all with resilience or self-care? Besides scheduling our vacation every fall. Mm-hmm. I would throw in Elena Aguilar's book Onward. We've talked about it a few times today. That is, in my mind, the best thing that's been written on this topic. And I'm also going to, I mean, I'm just going to say my find a person for me, my husband, but, and I have a best friend that's known me since I was five and an amazing mom and dad and brothers. But finding a person that fills your bucket, inspires you, and reminds you why you're doing this makes all the difference. <laughs> So you've known your husband since you were five. No, no. My best friend I've known since I was five. Uh, my husband, no, we, we met when I was in grad school, but he definitely knows how to fill my bucket. So I am very blessed. <laughs> That's awesome. That's awesome. I think that goes to, to my point, which is give yourself grace. Like it's hard right now. <laughs> like it's hard just to be right now. So don't beat yourself up if you, it's hard. Like we all going through it and anyone to your left and your right is going through it. So uh, like recognizing that and being recognizing that you're a part of the, the fold, like you're not an outlier is also sometimes important, right? Like everybody's in it and we all going to make it out of it. So just being there and give yourself grace is important in my opinion. Awesome. And not only are we going to give ourselves grace, we're going to give our audience our one thing. It's time for that one thing.
All right. So let's do our one thing here for the episode today. Our, our one thing in our, our self-care episode. Rena, you first. I know you just said it about giving grace, but give grace to yourself. Give yourself the same grace that you give to others. And that positive self-talk can make a huge difference and make yourself a priority and try doing it without feeling guilt because you should not be guilty in the process. Easier said than done, y'all. Easier said than done. <laughs> I think for me, it goes back to, I think both of you said this earlier in, in the podcast is set boundaries, right? Like set boundaries in your time. Like Rena said, a hard stop. This is something that I will not continue beyond or like, I just won't do it. Like I'm not going to work on the weekends. So setting those boundaries for yourself, it gives you a really good opportunity to push self-care. Yeah, and I don't know if we said this one specifically, but mine is you can't pour from an empty bucket. So give yourself permission to fill it up. You got to make that a priority. So remember that you matter. And as Mandy Hale says, it's not selfish to love yourself, take care of yourself, and to make your happiness a priority. It's necessary. Thanks for listening to Tech Talk for Teachers. We invite you to visit us at avidopenaccess.org, where you can discover resources to support student agency, equity, and academic tenacity to create a classroom for future-ready learners. We'll be back here next Wednesday for a fresh episode of Tech Talk for Teachers. And remember, go forth and be awesome. Thank you for all you do. You make a difference. <laughs>